Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back to Archery Country Podcast. This is Big Way down in the Rogers Studios. We're coming to you on another great episode that we are cutting live in there. No editing whatsoever. I have some super cool guests with me. You guys have become familiar with another voice on Archery Country Podcast. Our other host, the WP boy, Mr. Troy Spooner, is sitting directly to the right of me. Also, I guess I don't have to explain to the right of me because this is also being videoed. You can find us on a YouTube channel called Bowhunter Loco. And I have the man, the myth, the legend, the big buck-killing cowboy, Mr. Charles Thayer, is strictly across from me. How you doing, buddy? Guys, I'm doing great, and I really, really appreciate you having me on. We're glad to have you, Troy. I appreciate you making the trip down. This is going to be pretty fun, isn't it? It is. I'm excited for this one. This is going to be pretty interesting because I've tried doing some of the stuff you're doing. And I have failed miserably. <laughs> you want to know the extent of my self-filming? Yeah. Instagram selfies in the tree stand or stupid-ass squirrels that are, you know, running around. Like, I, I completely respect. I don't even, I mean, okay, I, I kind of know you because I did some research on you. But today's episode, for those of you that are looking at your phone going, well, where are they going with this story? This is about self-filming and a gentleman that has started a YouTube channel slash company that's not out to make mega million dollars. He's not out to be Lee Lakoski and have his own show yet. Uh, goals in the future, probably. But Charles had a very, very successful 2021 season, and it's documented. Uh, he shot a buck that we'll talk about later called the Wild Card. And he's a stud. He's super wide. He's super cool. You've already seen the pictures uh, on the intro to this. But Charles, if you don't mind, like we do at each and every podcast, every time that we have a different guest is we want a little meat and potatoes. We want a little history, like where you're from, how you got started. Is it archery? Is it hunting? Is it outdoors? Is it where, where are we going with that? If you wouldn't mind, take us on that little journey. Yeah, totally guys. Thanks so much again. So I grew up in the cities, man, Minnetonka, Wyzetta area, and uh, hunting wasn't a part of my family culture and whatever, but when I was 24, my buddy said, hey, you want to shoot my bow out in his backyard? And I did, and that was instant addiction, uh, the way that you feel when you shoot a primitive weapon like that, but nowadays they're so accurate, right? It just, it just really put that you know, adrenaline in me, and, and I got hooked. Um, and so from then on, I mean, I started uh, bow hunting. I'm 40 now. Started bow hunting 17 years ago, and uh, I started holding off for mature bucks at about seven years in, so about 11 or uh, 11 years ago. And and since then, it's just progressed. You know how it is. You start with some public land, then you get some permission. Next thing you know, you want to lease some property, and then you know eventually, wife and I and the kids ended up buying some property out west. And so I, I try to spread it out. I try to hunt uh, every, every different style if I can, um, but mainly mature whitetail bucks. And uh, I just, I can't find anything else in my life that I enjoy doing more than that. So I love it. That's kind of a, a different story than most of our guests. I know. would say so. That, that's interesting too, because um, I mean, so many people who get into archery, like, were, were, did you have anything in mind when you wanted to get into hunting or was it just the archery part grabbed you and then hunting followed? Yeah, it was the shooting that bow. I don't know what it was. It, it was just so accurate and, and yet primitive. And then eventually my buddy's like, well, let's go out to this public land and let's try this and try that. And I mean, my first sit, I had a doe come under me and I froze. I had no idea what to do. I just like, I couldn't shoot. I couldn't do anything. And 
I told him afterwards, and he's like, what the heck, man? Why didn't you shoot? And I'm like, I don't know. I got nervous. I don't know. So after that, I mean, it just it took off from there, and I, I never want to look back, you know? And the, so the self-filming, mm-hmm. um, we've all had the outdoor TV, or we all have YouTube. If you don't, then you're probably cut off from society based as far as hunting. Where, when did this, where, where did this idea or dream or was it just for fun to yep. execute good shot sequence or was it, was it something so that you could re, you know, watch where you shot or was it always like, I want to go into production? Well, I always thought that the videos for everything from outdoor channel, which does a good job, but then more recently, some of the grassroots stuff, um, on YouTube, some of the, like the public, public hunters, well, I forget their name. I'm sorry. Hunting public. Yeah. Hunting public. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's good. Got me on the spot. The, it's all really good stuff. And so I was always motivated by that, but I think that you start out just like everybody starts out and you, you pull out your phone when you see a couple of does coming in and, and then you show, you know, your, your wife or your kids or friends when you, when you get back from the hunt and that it, you just build off of that a little bit more and a little bit more. I, you know, I started trying with like a tacticam or, you know, the bow mounted stuff and, wasn't really getting the quality that that I wanted. And then the very first buck that I took on film, I I just really, really liked the fact that I could go back and study the the film and the arrow placement because it wasn't the best shot. It was a low shot and it took took the buck overnight to expire. But if I wouldn't have had that film, I wouldn't have known that. You know, I got to run it past a bunch of buddies and stuff and they were like, hey, give it some time. And luckily that buck expired the next day. But that was that that was three years ago. And I just kind of vowed that I would not leave to go into the woods without some decent, uh, a decent camera set up and some equipment because after that moment, after getting that one buck on film, I, it was just over. That was three years ago. And I said, I'm always going to film. And it's crazy now because if I leave home sometimes to go hunt and I forgot my camera backpack, I will turn around and go back. And not everybody's going to be that committed to, to making a video, but it, it's, it's just like how I got addicted to, to bow hunting whitetails. I've now become addicted to filming bow hunting whitetails. It's just as a, much of an addiction. If yeah, you know. another branch to the tree, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, totally. Um, for those of you that are watching this right now or listening to it, either way, you can already sense that, that maybe Charles has a little bit to do with production and a uh, background story. You've probably heard his voice before because he is on, you have your own radio show. Yep, you're Twin, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. I own all around. We get it done and we do it right. That's <laughs> roofing, siding, and windows company. And um, we're, we're all over the radio in the Twin Cities and TV. And so um, if, you, if you feel like you recognize my voice, you might. So. Yeah. So there, there's a little background behind that. Where, where today is going to go with Bowhunter Local your your youtube channel um the idea behind that what they can find on that and again i'm going to reference this video because it's the only video that i've seen but there it wasn't just a one afternoon sit one morning sit this was a an entire season i don't i forget i didn't write down how many hours that you actually had documented or you were sitting in a tree stand but it was a ton yeah for a i wouldn't say a long video but a decent sized video Mm -hmm. on youtube it took a lot more than the 28 minutes that we watched. Yep. Yep. Oh, wait, if you, if you don't mind me just taking a half a step backwards and saying, Mm -hmm. look, people get into videoing their hunts for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. It could be the most simple. I just want to show this to my buddies. I don't care about editing. I don't care about nothing. I just want to get the shot or, or 
capture some deer in, in my hunt. And that's, that's totally fine. And then you get people that want to take it all the way into a career and get into the industry itself. Um, I'm somewhere in between that. I will, I will pass up videoing a, a beautiful buck if, if I have a chance to kill it, but can't get it on camera. Like I've already made up my mind that if the buck that I want, that's going to make me happy comes by, but I'm not ready to, to video that it doesn't matter. I'm going to make that harvest because that's what I'm out there first. The video is just a bonus. It's, uh, it's second, but you have to make up your mind because right. some guys are, are, are the opposite of that. We've seen it. And I don't know how many of this is, how much of this is dubbed. Um, Troy, you got some friends that are in the outdoor industry as well. You always hear the, are you on him? Are you on him? Yep. Usually it's a pair. You're, we're, today we're talking about self. Yeah, correct. So you can't really look over your shoulder and say, are you on him? No. I mean, <laughs> you look down at your, your camera. Is yep. this one of the many cameras that you have? Yeah, or? this is one of my setups right here. All right, so you're looking down at the screen like, but I want you to, because I already know some people have already pushed 15 seconds back and listened to that. Yeah. If you have a 170 inch deer that you call ace of spades yeah. and he comes out <laughs> and your camera's pointing off the North filming a chickadee yeah. and this deer is here and you have one shot, five yeah. seconds to do it. You will take it. You better draw that ace of spades. I don't know very many people that will, uh, unless you feel like you're going to have many more chances and that your ultimate goal is to have it on video. You know, if you're in the industry or whatever, but uh, I think 99% of, of even serious bow hunters need to go ahead and, and harvest that beautiful buck um, mm -hmm. because you may regret it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. How, how difficult is this made bow hunting? So I, I'll just go out and say you've had a short career mm -hmm. from bow hunting, shooting your first animal off video. Or has every animal been on video? No, no, no I've okay. shot plenty of deer. But uh, so, how, how many videos do you have out right now? There's just four videos, and what's what's funny is you can see the progression of just how crappy I was at editing and, and filming in the in the first one, and then it it kind of moves to what I feel like this is actually a decent piece of work. The 2021, the Bowhunter local video, is really a decent piece of work. Um, I you know, so. There's four of them, but again, there's really only one. This is only only one that I, I really feel uh, should even be talked about or recognized at all. Are you doing your own editing and stuff with this too? Yeah, absolutely. So editing is a whole nother part of it. So it took me 30 hours to edit this video after the season was over. But let me just tell you, that was so much fun because it extended my season. Yep. I mean, here you are going through hours and hours of video just to cherry pick those special moments. Um, and, and yeah, I know you wanted, you wanted to get into it and maybe, maybe that, this is the right time to talk about that video. Yeah, absolutely. We can, we can do whatever we want. Okay. Well, you should yeah, just tell me, I don't, I don't want to just, uh, people get sick of my voice. I just, no, they do not. <laughs> it's, I, I want to elaborate on how it adds another degree of difficulty yep. is, uh, just from basing off it. It's common knowledge, right? You got camera equipment you want to have. I don't know all the terminology, but a center stage presentation, you want things in focus. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that besides, like for me, for instance, I don't ever, I've been on one video and it wasn't me. I had somebody that was videoing it. But my concentration when my target animal comes in, rather be a turkey or an elk or a bear or a deer, whatever it may be, is 100% on that. How much more difficult is this or is it opposite where it takes your brain and you can focus on a couple different things. So maybe you don't have 
what we call buck fever yep. or do you still get it like take me a, a little bit on uh that. no you're, you're absolutely right i mean just on that last piece real quick it does just distract your brain a little bit you know uh i'll i'll admit i have fallen asleep in the stand many times right <laughs> it's like i think sleeping in a stand or in a saddle is one of the best parts of hunting but once i decided to uh actually film my hunts i found that I don't even have the urge to because I'm trying to create a video. I'm trying to tell a story more than just capturing the harvest, more than just shooting the target buck that I'm after. There's a whole story, especially when you're showing these videos to people that aren't really into the hunting lifestyle or don't hunt. They need to understand kind of what more goes into it than, than just killing the animal. Um, because as we all know, it isn't just about killing the animal. So I find you find yourself trying to see a cool squirrel or a, a nice sunset or, you know, capture other things. But to your point, it makes it a lot more, a lot more difficult to, I mean, if, if you're just focused on that buck and you, you know, you're staying aware and ready and you're not going to move as much when you're, when you're filming, you move a lot. I did, I did write down some of the negatives uh, about self-filming and I would just start with the, the gear that you have to pack in. I mean, most of the time we're already all too heavy as it, as it, starting out right and then you add the the camera packs and if you're taking two cameras there's more but there's good ways to do it we can talk about that the time and the setup right getting in the stand an extra 20 to 30 minutes early to get all of that stuff set up is is super important money right it's going to cost you more money to get this equipment and to really dedicate yourself to to doing this and then the learning curve right focusing the camera, determining what equipment is best for you. And then the editing was probably the, the biggest learning curve um, for me. And then the, probably the worst thing, and you just got to be prepared for it. You have to accept this ahead of time. Fil Self-filming can screw up your, your best hunt. You did everything right, but you went to go get that shot. You went to move that camera. And in, instead of shooting the buck or, or doing whatever, um, you know, you, you ruined your hunt. You, you chased that that buck off or whatever that can happen so if you go into it knowing that these things are just going to be prevalent it's, it's going to be a factor um the the positives are amazing absolutely and i think as far as listeners go and uh, troy you can add in on this what we preach not only are we boat technicians i first and foremost when you come through the store's door we're salesmen so we're here to answer any questions. We're here to guide you, rather be personal experience or what we know based on equipment knowledge. But on some of us take it a little bit further is your shot execution, your routine, your preparation, your practice. Like it's we yep. beat it in and beat it in and beat it in and we try it. To get you to where you, when you do have a pressure situation, things come natural. Um, firsthand, I can tell you things don't always go as planned. Uh, as, as yesterday morning, things don't work all the time. <laughs> but where I'm going with this is one of the coolest things about video, and rather it be a simple low-budget setup with mm -hmm. a Tacticam yep. or GoPro over your shoulder, or if you want to get in as extensive as you guys with your high-dollar cameras and that, when you, Troy, you did a podcast with a, um, a gentleman, I forget his name, but it was about, uh, dog tracking and oh, yeah, trailing, and you yep. touched about shot placement and what happens if our mind actually goes into a comostosa of like yeah you made an awesome lethal shot mm -hmm. like it it directs you you did good you did your job but maybe not where video 
no matter what level you're at, if you can go back, even if you're in the tree stand, I, I assume you've watched your videos back or watched your shot. Only a couple hundred thousand yeah. times. <laughs> so, and, and we see it all the time as guys will come back on, guys and gals, and say, hey, we reviewed the, vi- the footage. Mm-hmm. I love that saying. We reviewed the footage, mm-hmm. and we're going to wait. Yep. That's probably one of the greatest factors of it because the end goal is the same for all three of us sitting here and all three thirty thousand people listening right it's harvesting successfully harvesting that animal and if you do make an oopsie shot things that with archery equipment i guess you could be the same with a gun but it's kind of a little bit different sure you can stop back out come back go look at on a camera even if you went back to the house and all of your buddies in hunting camp you're watching a big screen and you're like oh he he's dead 40 yards away right now, not jumping ahead, but wild card, yep. he dropped on camera. Yeah, that was that was pretty so, <laughs> right. That's right like there. the ultimate, right? Like, I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. You know, there it is. Like, it is the ultimate, right? And so I was very fortunate. But to your point, that is one of the most difficult decisions to make because w- what a hard way to spend a night. It's a sleepless night when you have that buckling out there. You not only feel bad for the animal, but you also want to recover, recover it and, you know, be successful. So it's a, it's a tough decision to make to back out. It really is. But when you have, when you have that uh, footage, you can make that decision a little easier. And I, I think it uh, as well is you, we all want to be one with the animal, right? We want to study and we want to learn. It doesn't matter what your animal may be having video footage and this is where i can see it would be a treat to go back and edit things mm-hmm. and you're like oh that doe reacted differently to this or that deer you know why did he spook on that direction or the wind like learning what is the words i'm trying to, to their behavior pull? yeah like becoming a be not becoming one with an animal because it sounds like i'm reading out of a book but like you you you're understanding your surroundings because yep. we, we don't live in the outdoors every hour of the day you know most of us we all wish we could well yeah (laughs) most of us are blue collar hunters and you know we're out there for three four hours at a sit maybe maybe some all day sits when it depends on it or we'll go on a trip every one three five years you know big trip 10 day trip but we're not out there all the time we're Mm -hmm. and that's where i think this is also you can learn little things with your video in your cell phone if you don't mind before we go on the story like what what equipment are we talking about you shoot matthews yep i do shoot a, a matthews gosh i can't i can't keep up with which one it is verdicts is it's a verdict yeah yep. yeah thank you um do shoot a matthews and i have some really good gear obviously i've accumulated a lot of good gear but in terms of the the camera gear you know I do want to point out that there's some really low budget ways to, to get into it. Um, okay. Most recently, GoPro has come out with a new uh, 360 Max. I don't know if you guys have heard of these cameras before, but they're amazing for the, for the person that wants to just start self-filming. What they are is basically a 360-degree sphere of a camera, right? It's the size of a GoPro. You can put it above your head in the tree, and the only blind spot that this camera is going to have is the tree itself. That's it. So, um, you know, if you wanted to, you could do two of these and you'd have no blind spots, but even Mm -hmm. one is going to get 95% of what's happening. And then in the editing process, you can then clip out just the portion of that sphere that you want. So it's recording a complete sphere, 
but you take the part uh, where you and the buck are or whatever, the, the, the money shot, you mm-hmm. can edit that out and then put it into a normal video and they look awesome. So I'm actually looking at getting one just to add it to the different uh, perspectives that I have out there in the woods. But if I were just starting today, that, that would be on on my uh, target sites that right thing there. sounds awesome yeah, I, I didn't even know they had that yeah there's a couple different companies that are putting it out there but i i highly highly recommend especially if you're starting out because then it's just like okay look you don't you, you press it on and it goes the the problem that a lot of people have had with gopros is the battery life's really suck so if you're if you're on a three hour hunt right it's gonna die about 45 minutes into the hunt what you can get is an external battery pack right and then you hang that in up next to your bow hanger, put it next to the GoPro, do whatever. Then you can put the GoPro on a, on a feature called a loop, a five-minute loop or a 20-minute loop. Mm-hmm. And it's only capturing the last five or 20 minutes of your hunt. So if you, you know, made a shot or you, you've captured something on video, you then hit stop recording. And it only captured on the SD card that last or that uh, tw- last five minutes or 20 minutes, whatever you have it set on. Plus with the extended battery pack, you, you have enough battery to, to last the whole day if you want. So it's a set it and forget it setup that the, the most amateur cell filmer can, can start using today. Sign me up. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you started this stuff, uh, when you started like going in to get your cameras and you were picking out stuff, did you stay on like the cheaper end of things? I went middle of the road. Middle of the road. Yeah. Is that what you would suggest to anyone go, going to go? try and do this i would say start with uh either the the bow mounted setups or something like this gopro max uh, 360 degree field of view um and see if you like it don't don't dive in because it gets it starts to get really expensive when you're talking microphones when you're talking the editing uh software when, when it's all said and done it really does get expensive make sure you like it and then if you like it by all means the the sky's the limit you yep. know so and you can use this equipment for more than just whitetail uh, oh, you know, totally. any aspect or fishing, I suppose might be just a little bit different. Um, any, any activity that you want to do. Yeah. Record. Yeah. We're basing it on whitetails today. Yeah. Well, the stabilization functions now, if you want to get mobile, if you talk about fishing or you talk about mobile hunting, um, you could be riding a bike down a super bumpy dirt road and have that thing mounted on your handlebars. And with the stabilization features that they have in the, in the editing process, it's like, being floating smooth. on air you know what i mean yeah. super smooth you can't even tell so really? it's pretty incredible what what you can do what te- technology has been um, made it able to do i'm curious too like when you go out and you're setting setting up your set uh how many cameras are you running at a time so i'm only running two two uh, so basically yep. like what do you what do you have running yep so i have a gopro above my head usually on the bow mount with that extended battery pack running on a loop so again set it and forget it yep. that thing's always on um, and then I have an arm. There's a, there's a company called Fourth Arm, which makes really lightweight. And I, I should mention that real quick. Lightweight. Everything you get from your tripod stands to, to I mean, you can't really get a lightweight camera. You, you can pick a smaller camera, but you got to consider weight, right? Because you're already carrying your bow, your backpack, the rattle horns, your binoculars, your you know, food or whatever you have, you know, uh, you're already going in heavy and then you're adding this equipment. So just keep in mind the weight, the weight, but 
two perspectives is amazing, right? Because you want to, in order to really be able to tell that story, you have the viewer seeing you in the tree and then seeing you make the shot. Um, and as you'll see in, in my film, I was able to, to take the, uh, the clip of me making the shot and put it in the top left-hand corner and, and watch the, the buck come in in the big yep. screen. And, and uh, you put those two together and it almost looked like I was shooting out of the tree stand. It was awesome. Are you a, uh, are, just because we do have some, don't take this personal, but some geeks. Oh, yeah. Camera no geeks. No problem. Uh, one of them is Nate. <clears throat> what is that? Oh, it, like, it's a Sony A7. Um, yeah, and, and I just want you to know I'm not a camera geek. Okay. So I just, I talk to guys that do it often. Uh, I have some buddies in the industry, and I say, what do I get? And they tell me to get it. I plug yeah. it in. It works. And gotcha. I, I don't get, get into too much of the details because it's not my every, everyday job, you know? And then, so that microphone, I, you, like, so when we do our YouTube videos on our tree country, mm -hmm. right, we have a wireless mic yep. that we run underneath. Is that your microphone or do you have a wireless system on you? So there's no reason for me self-filming to have an, uh, a, a wireless microphone. I don't do a lot of interviews in the, okay. in the stand. You know what yep. I mean? I just yep. keep it quiet. Matter of fact, I like music in my videos yep. more than anything. Um, but if you if you have a partner and you're filming with absolutely the the uh, lapel uh, clip on microphones are great. Rode I think is one of the great companies. But this is a shotgun microphone. It's it's from Rode and it's probably the best style of microphone to to have. And then you put the wind sock over it, which can reduce on wind. But I'll tell you what, on like even like on that day um, w when I shot the wild card, it was so windy it didn't matter. So right. you put you put music over it, you make it yep. cool how you like it, and then it ends up being all right. So I already know the answer to this, but I might as well ask it. Are you a saddle hunter, or tree stand hunter, both? So I saddle hunt every, as much as I can. Um, but I have, before I got into saddle hunting, I had already set up many stands in, yeah. you know, at home, at my lease and everything. And it just, to me, it doesn't make sense to pull those down. They're in good spots. Yep. It's easy. You get out there, clip in, and you don't have to worry about the, the ropes and the saddle and, and getting all set up that way, especially for self-filming. However, saddle hunting to me is the absolute breakthrough for, for my hunting. You know, a lot like uh, John Eberhardt said, he's that, you know, to go back to a tree stand would set him back 30 years. He would never go back. Um, I firmly believe that, that, that everybody should have a saddle as one of their tools in, in their bag. Um, and it doesn't matter. People are like, uh, Oh, I don't know. I'm not nimble. I'm not a small guy or I can't, I'm not very flexible. This and that. It doesn't matter. I, I can't, I haven't found one stand that's as comfortable as a saddle. Right. And I like to sleep, remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we might as well <clears throat> go on this little journey. Mm -hmm. We kind of got your background and we got a you know, storyline started in equipment. I like stories. I like hunting stories. I know Troy does as well. Uh, a lot of his podcasts kind of go around that, that core line. More the know. merrier. Yeah. So 2021. Yep. This video, again, attached here to the bottom. Link in bio, I guess, if you wanted to say that. Take us through your 2021 season when you started a relationship with this buck or you you know, you don't have to go into where you were at or the property even, but just, just Hey, I want to hear, I want to hear this story behind, not only just the, the shot and the kill, but the, yep. the whole season added yep, up to yep, it. Yep, totally. And I appreciate you asking because, uh, believe it or not, I love telling this story. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it's about. <laughs> so, uh, I was going for a walk in the middle of the summer and with my wife and the, and the dog and whatnot on a dirt road and off to, on a neighbor's property, we actually saw a big wide buck and I don't know whether it was him or not, but it, I, 
not knowing what I know now, I believe it was the wild card buck. I started getting photos from that neighbor saying, I can't believe it. You know, we're, we're out uh, west of Delano and typically we're known for not the best genes in the area. Uh, it's just tough hunting, right? It's not Southeast Minnesota or Iowa or any of yep. that stuff. Right. And, uh, he, he says, you know, he starts sending me these photos of this wide buck that was still growing, still growing. And I was like, wow, he's amazing. That's cool. I hope you get him." you know? And, um, so the season went on and I didn't go into the season with any particular buck in mind. You know, I haven't done that yet. I haven't like said, this is the buck I want to shoot. Maybe I'll get there one day, but for me, it's something respectable. And when I see it, I'll know I want it. Yep. That's, that's how I go into it. When I see it, I'll know I want it. I'm, and I passed up on a few good ones, um, as you'll see in the video, but it was after my, my hunting partner, Nick, he got his, um, it was getting, it was getting into the gun season. And this is when it starts getting like frustrating for a bow hunter. I think like you weren't able to get it done earlier in the season. Now it's a wild card situation, right? Anyone can get one at any given time. It's, are you at the right place at the right time? Right. And that was that, hence that the, the reason for, for the video, you know, I'd love one day to shoot one earlier in the season and, and obviously I'm trying, but, uh, we're in, we're into November and all of a sudden I got, um, some photos. I checked, checked some cameras. I got some photos of him. He showed up one time in late November. Um, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But I know where he lives. He lives over on the neighbor's property and he just one time. So I didn't get overly excited. Um, I continued to hunt hard. I mean, in, in that video, you'll notice I, I put up on the screen. Um, it was over 60 hunts. So that's including mornings and afternoons, uh, about 160 hours in the tree stand, 17 different sets, 17 different locations for hunting. Um, and so I was grinding, man. I was doing everything I could just I started seeing one buck that was like, oh, that's going to be my target buck. He was a half rack. I don't know if you remember that guy. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, really nice, mature buck, really, really respectable, but he only grew one side because he probably got maimed on the road uh, at one point in his life. But I had three encounters in a row with this thing, and I'm thinking, this is going to be mine because I'm getting closer. I'm closing the deal. Um, well, you, so you mind if I get into the morning no, of, absolutely. so get up the morning of the kids got to go to school. I was supposed to hunt three hours, two hours before I actually ended up waking up. I'm like, crap. I slept in. I'm like, all right, well, I might as well help the kids out, get them ready, say goodbye, walk them out to the school bus, got them off. And then I'm like, almost skipped going out. I'm like, it's already late. What are the chances? Whatever. And then I'm like, no, you know what? There's a little snow. I'm going out. So I went out. It's weird because some of the hunts that you think the, you're the most, the most screwed up hunts. Like I made a lot of noise coming in. I forgot my bow. I went, but this, this didn't happen on this hunt, but in general, some of the hunts that you think are so shot and screwed up because of things you did getting out there and getting ready end up being some of the best hunts. And this is no different than that. So I get out there 45 minutes later, I'm just kind of dinking around, watching, looking, doing, doing what I do. And 300 yards away, and again, we're, we're gun season here, so it's, it's rut. 300 yards away, a doe steps out in, into a cut bean field. Behind her, a, a mature buck steps out. I can't tell who it is, what it is. Is it, is it a shooter? Is it not? I can't tell. It's too far. Um, I, I tried grunting. You won't see this in the video because I cut it out. I tried grunting. I tried snort wheezing. I tried doing some of the softer, not aggressive calls nothing because of the wind and how far it was. He couldn't react. So I pulled out my black racks and I smashed them as hard as I could to see if I could even get him to hear. He heard it. He turned and looked. 
And I'm like, okay, well, this is working. So I did a little bit more smashing his heart, really aggressive calling, not tickling him at all, just smashing them together. And then he looks back at her. And if I were to put words to his thoughts, I would say he'd say, well, I've already had some time with you. I need to move on. We both need to move on. It's not me. It's not you. It's me. But we both need to move on. Okay. This thing starts a 300-yard haul. I mean, he is hauling. He is in a almost a full speed, uh, definitely faster than a gallop. And he's coming in. And at this point, I don't think that he's going to actually um, come all the way. I, it's just unbelievable to me that he's going to come all the way. So I continue filming. I tried to focus. I tried to you know get my camera set, get everything ready. And um, then he got to about, he, he hit the swamp that I was in. He started coming in closer. And, I, and then I said to myself, okay, this is going to happen. You better get ready for a shot. So I put the camera on the, the, the main camera, the A-roll a camera on in a position where it's wide out. That's the mistake a lot of filmers make. They think they need to zoom in to an animal and they end up missing the shot. You're shooting in 4K. You can zoom out as far as you want and you will still be able to edit a really high quality film. So there's, there's my <laughs> best tip I can give you is stay panned out, stay, stay wide and get that shot. So I put it, set it wide. I got my bow ready. This you won't see in the film either. All of a sudden, my release is not clipped to my bow. Again, just a, a havoc morning. The morning was all whatever. S since when do I not take my T-handle release and clip it to my bow? It's always there. And, and that's another tip. T-handles, because you don't want the wrist release. If you have a wrist release, it's a lot harder to get set up. When you're filming, you just want your T-handle hanging on the bow so you can grab it like it's a string and give it heck. All right. So the <laughs> sucker comes in. Gets ready. I'm thinking, all right, it's going to get into a lane. I had to make one more adjustment. I moved my feet all the way to the, the uh, 90 degree position where I know I need to be. And then it moved into a lane and I didn't need to even stop this thing. It just, for, it was looking for the fight. It was looking for that noise. They know where you are. And when they commit to running in, give it up. Stop rattling. Um, and, and I mean, the, the rest is history, you know, we put it in the bread basket and he expired about six yards from the tree, right in the middle of the field. Okay. <clears throat> Two things. One, don't stop because I have never been this intent on a podcast, like listening, like I'm okay. Obviously we have cameras and I'm over here nodding, like I'm a bobblehead <laughs> you know, like, oh, and I'm sweating and I'm like, oh my God. Okay, I've already watched this. I've already lived this. <clears throat> you were doing so awesome until it isn't, you just didn't shoot him. Like, you had so much going on, and everything happened. I loved how you edited it. Thank you. That is a hell of a shot that you pulled off. Yeah. Practice, I assume, great equipment set up correctly. I recognize the arrows. I didn't, I didn't ask you about the broadhead. Grim Reaper. Oh, God. Three I blade. just fell in love with you all over again. Three blade, three blade fixed. Okay. <laughs> so I, I was going to pull up the video here real quick. Um, Troy, you watched this. I you did. Can, okay. Anyways, I, I don't need to pull it up because listeners can pull it up. Quarter and two, yep. ever so slightly. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have. I can stop the video and draw before you shoot like a little pink circle of where you needed to put that arrow composure you can you that you have the perfect opportunity to lie right now and say you picked a hair or if you're you don't you say you're <laughs> super lucky but that was a phenomenal shot 
Uh, so I'm, I'm like every other average <clears throat> bow hunter out there and no different. I, three, four years ago, I, I missed a buck that was 19 yards away. And it was, I got, I was so nervous that I, I looked back and I realized I didn't look through my peep sight. Right. Um, I don't know if everyone, anyone here has ever done this, but I put the pin on them, but I wasn't looking through the peep sight because it, I just couldn't believe this buck was broadside at 19 yards. I shot twice. I missed twice because I didn't look through my peep sight. That's like shooting a shotgun from the hip and using the end of the shotgun to try to aim. Right. It doesn't work very well. After that devastating, I mean, I cried. I went home, told yeah. my wife what happened, and tears came out of my eyes, right? I had two yeah. arrows lit up. Right. And uh, after that happened, I have never made a shot on a buck without my last thought being, are you looking through your peep sight? And I know that sounds so simple and stupid, but... When you're dialed in, your bow's dialed in, and you've practiced, and you've done everything, for heaven's sakes, at, at 15, 17 yards, if you're looking through your peep sight, and, you're, and your pin is where you want it, slap that trigger. Let it go. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know our, our target shooters are going to say, don't slap the trigger, don't whatever. But hey, you, you're not there to hit, hit a bullseye here. You're there to make a good kill. And, and that's, that's what happened. And that, that's the only thing I'll do from now on is I will just make sure, are you looking through your peep sight? So you made an awesome shot. The broadhead did its job. Your arrow did its job. The bow did its job. Your release did its job. Camera did its job. Um, I actually hollered at you on the video after you shot him, and he ran off. And I can about imagine um, the ful fulfillment, the excitement. Confusion. I said, Conf I said <laughs> put the damn camera on the deer yeah. let, let me see where you know and then you eventually got there i forgot i yeah. mean i've but you were <laughs> and it was so <clears throat> what i loved about this video is it was 100 percent natural you edited out what you said but you turned around after he'd fallen you you got the camera back onto the deer mm -hmm. he had, it was expiring or he'd, he'd tipped over and then when you turned around and I assume you're looking at your GoPro. Yeah, exactly. And then what you said, like, oh my gosh, it just happened. That's the PG rated. Yeah, version. yeah. It, it was a con <laughs> confusing moment. It was, what the, what the heck? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, really? Is that? Because really. this is what you dream of. This is what every bow hunter dreams <clears throat> of happening, rattling in the, the coolest way, right? You rattled him in, he left a doe, he came all the way across the field to look for a fight, and then he stands in front of you at 15 yards broadside. I mean, I just can't draw it up. And then he expires at 60 yards in front of you, and you're just in heaven. There's mm -hmm. just, I, I, can't, I can't draw heaven up any better than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was the spread on that deer? Uh, it was 23 on the outside and just over 20 and 5 ace on the inside. Oh, man, what a beast. Yeah. It, it was a really, really cool deer. Um, really unusual for our area also. Right. It's just odd. The, um, we've heard the term ground shrinkage. Yeah. It was exact opposite. <laughs> I don't know if it's because we were wide view. <clears throat> I, when it, when he started galloping across the field, I'm like, oh, dude, okay, uh, stellar deer. I shot a really wide deer a couple of years ago, and and I've noticed it right away. I was like, okay, this this dude's wide. Yeah, like this is this is cool. Is it gonna happen? And then like you forgot to grab your bow, or I mean your release, and like mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's all going on, and I'm and I'm getting nervous, and that's why I love hunting videos. Mm -hmm. That's why I love talking to guys who produce hunting videos or just and hunting stories. Like we're reliving the moment. Right. Yeah. And I'm super pumped. And I'm like, 
this is going to happen. It's going to happen. And then it did. And a deer fell over and I was like, okay, this is perfect. Now, now is when we get the fancy B roll and the whole editing comes in and the commercials and all that. And it wasn't nothing. You walked up to him, but the closer you got to him, he grew. I noticed that. Yeah. Grew. Just kept like, getting bigger. And I go, is that a flyer? Is that a kicker? Oh my God, this deer is two feet wide. Yeah. Like it, and he's not, I mean, he's a very mature animal, big animal. Yeah. The, where does the wild, so when we're watching this video, uh, very creative editing, it was your wife. Yep. Got a chance to get over. the fa- family involved. My daughter was hunting with me some of that season. And then the wife, you know, she, she gave me crap one time about getting a buck and then shoot, calling my friend first. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, guys out there, don't call your buddies first. Call your wife, okay? <laughs> I've been so, there. <laughs> so I always, re- I always remember that because, they're hey, they're in your court. They're cheerleading you on more than anybody else out there, and they deal with all your crap, too. So yeah. call your wife. So I didn't even go to the buck. I, didn't, okay. I, I knew he was out there. He was going to be out there. So I went home and got her. And, um, and I said, Hey, just walk with me. You know what I mean? Let's she, she grabbed the camera for a little bit. And then once I realized like, why am I doing this? I said, he give me that camera. And I, I held it up so you could see both of us walking out there. Um, honestly, one of the most special emotional moments, it was a tough, tough, uh, year for us. We had a tragic loss in, in our family. My, my mom had died just, just a little bit sooner, sooner than, uh, before that had happened. And so just a ton of emotions came to me right when that happened and, and getting my hands on him. And, and by the way, I, I knew what buck it was because there's no other buck in the area that looked like that. And I knew that was the one my neighbor was sending uh, pictures of. And it was just, I was elated. That's, that's the best word I can use. That's a very good word. I have a couple, uh, another tech question yeah, for man. you. Yeah. So like batteries on your camera. Yep. Uh, is there some that work better than others? Like in cold weather? Because I know with some of the cameras I've been using, yep. I got a full charge. I set them up. Yeah, something's happening. I turn it on. I'm filming one bar. Yeah. It's well, like, what the heck's going on? So once it gets into, you know, 15 degrees or less, there's not much equipment out there that, that's set to handle that cold. I keep extra batteries. Again, again, you got to watch how much you pack in, but I keep some extra batteries for that. But if you start getting into 15 and, and below, it's, it's super hard on your equipment. Things are going to run out. Now you're doing things in the stand and in the blind or whatever that you shouldn't really be doing. You should be focusing on your hunt. And uh, my suggestion would be get the job done sooner. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, honestly, because that's I, I just don't know how to deal with it any better than that. I had that one. And sorry, I circled back to this oh, one. Yeah, I still want to what it's cool about having two of us still want to go into that. But um like your tripods and stuff or your, what is it? Fourth arrow arms you're using yep, or yep. Uh, fluid heads. Are you using fluid heads? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't remember the brand name of it, but this is a, a fluid uh, gel, gel head something. I don't know. It's one of the heaviest parts of that whole setup. The tripod is carbon fiber. The camera is, is, is pretty lightweight, relatively speaking. And then you have a, uh, a controller for the um, arm of the head. Uh, and there's a, there's a technical word for the arm, but, but I'm on the spot, so I can't think of it. A lance. It's called a lance controller. So zooming in, zooming out, and focusing can all be done on the end of the arm of the camera. Right, I'm pointing can those, on radio. I can't. That's so good. <laughs> can those hook up to any camera, or does it have to have a certain Yeah, most, input? Ca- most cameras have a uh, 2.5-millimeter jack that you just plug in the, the lance controller. That way, it's one hand controlling, whether it's zooming in, zooming out, or focusing. Um, one 
one thing you'll notice in the film is I actually had it on um, manual focus because when he was running 300 yards, I had to go through limbs to focus on it. And then when he came into the 100-yard part, I didn't return it to autofocus, which autofocus works great when there isn't branches and limbs in your way because it won't get those in the in the picture. But, but, uh, so, but manual focus is better when you when you have to focus it so i should have switched i should have hit that button once he got within 75 yards or so to go back to autofocus because then that final shot would have been a little less blurry but hey we still got the job done yeah and how about with that fluid have you ever had issues with that stuff freezing up in cold weather uh no not yet never uh i think it's a gel and i think they do a pretty good job of uh of not having it freeze up so nice i mean at least i haven't experienced that I love it. I think it gives a great opportunity um, for us to what we you kind of Troy came up with this idea a couple. Well, actually, when you started podcast is the the pro tech tip. Yeah, we're kind of getting techy on it. Uh, camera gear. We don't really sell anything at the shop on that. We're we're taking your word for it. We do offer Tacticam through Archery Country and on online. You know, and that like we talked about before, that's your simplified. Yeah budget friendly it's effective <clears throat> it is uh, the first version of it came out and was really hard to actually see what when you shoot your bow to actually get the shot because the bow mm. goes nuts you know it just vibrates so much but now again like i said with the software and probably the more current versions of it i'm sure it's gotten a lot better yeah like have you noticed that they have that new remote style now with the tactic cams where you can have multiple cameras you can set them up anywhere they're putting them by turkey decoys deer decoys wherever you got one above you got so one below cool. you so and one cool. press i think that'd be a pretty sweet way to get like multiple i mean you're talking five i think five different angles you could have up on that one remote mm-hmm. yep. very very creative you can get so creative with it and it's just awesome I, I love to see where where everything's going with it and i think that's why it's so good that we're talking about this today because it's becoming more and more popular. I mean, guys just want to, with, with, with this phone revolution and video revolution and social media, people want to share their hunts. Um, and there's so many different ways to do it. So it's pretty awesome. And it's, it's you know, it's a good thing, like you say, is you're not out to <clears throat> yet. You're not out to, uh, what's the words here? You promote some pretty good products. Uh, Black Rack, we carry in the shop. That's something that there, there's a video. I don't know. We kind of talked off air a little bit about, you know, where this is going, if they're going to have your video or use it as a clip. But anyways, like some of the equipment that we see in your video uh, readily available at the shops, it's, equipment is, you can go as far into it as you want or not, but there's, there's some stuff that's better than others. Some things that are more compact than others. Some things like you just said, you brought up another great point. You use a hand held release or a, a T handle is what you, you quoted it as. Yeah. Is that not what it's called? No, what yeah, I mean, no, that's, that's the old school way okay. of calling it, but a handheld that clips onto the string. So mm-hmm. you're, you're free. Like, I don't know for those of you that are wrist rocket, do you shoot a wrist style index style or a handheld handheld cap? <clears throat> if I was to try having that wrist release, we call it a wrist rocket mm-hmm. and then rattle as extensive as you did in that video. Yeah. Like one of it injured myself or made some extra noise, but that's another perfect example. Is if your your release supposed to be on your bow, mm-hmm. uh, your hands were free. Yes, I I can about imagine if you reach down to do your lance arm yep. and it clinks on something, can't have it. Can't yeah. So there's there's in this video one of many hope to come. You have the opportunity to see 
equipment being used. We talk about it. We're verbal guys, right? In the shop, we can show you, but we're in the shop. We're not in the field. Here, we're getting a chance to see how you utilize so many different little things Mm -hmm. to be successful. And this is not your first successful hunt. Um, You have some others on there. Did you, on your video, you know, usually when we say filming with the crew or having another deal, we have an interview and all that. There wasn't a whole lot of interview. You kind of told the story through documentary and through the, you know, we started early season with the foliage and, and you had some very, very, is it called B-roll? Is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Most of the, the whole thing was B-roll. Yep. Like, you know, we talked about the, the bucks you passed and, you know, it was early season and they're thin hide and you really up close and personal. The first cutaway that we see is a doe, like had to be literally right underneath you. Yeah. You oh, know, you really remember it. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something to remember. And uh, it's called doing homework, I guess you could say. On that, it's a uh, wild card. Where did the idea come with the... The tarot uh, cards? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I really wanted to get my wife involved. And she's, she's in a little bit of that Eastern spirituality stuff, the stars and the, the, you know, the months and all, all that stuff. So I want to support what, what she's into. Um, but it was a way to break up chapters, right? So like you have different chapters of, of a story and I felt that it was important to have the story broken up into different chapters and rather than just being like chapter one and then chapter two, whatever, um, I thought, well, you know what, let's, let's get my wife involved. She, she does mess around just for fun with the tarot cards uh, every once in a while. And so that was a way, but, but it really does go back to a reading that she did for me, her and, her and my oldest daughter, Jasmine, who's 21, they did a reading in the summertime because they were messing around with the cards. And I said, I said, uh, ladies, can you do a reading for me on my bow hunting season? What's going to happen this year? And so Jasmine flips over a bunch of cards and she basically says, she summarizes, she says, well, you're going to work really, really hard, but you're going to be really, really successful. And I know that that sounds like, okay, well, yeah, that could happen to anyone. What are the chances? You know, who cares? That was, that was a fun, special moment in the summer on the patio. And so we brought that in as a way to break up the, the, the chapters of the story. I really like the way you tied in that last card that was flipped over. Yeah. With the deer, (laughs) with the deer on it. And just the, with the music and everything, it's like, Oh my God, here we go. Something's about to happen, man. Yeah. I got a lot of feedback uh, on the the film that, (laughs) From people that aren't necessarily into hunting, so people that are non-hunters that watch it, they're like, well, I don't really know what's going on, and you know, you could have done maybe a better job, because I asked for the feedback, right? You could have done a better job of explaining things or telling a story, but I'll be honest, man, I've watched so much outdoor television, and if I hear more guys whispering in the stand, I'm going to go friggin' nuts. I just, it's like for me, I get sick of my own voice, so you're probably getting, getting sick of my voice, and I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert bow hunter. I'm just a guy out here having a lot of fun. So why, and why not put some killer music, some, some killer effects in there, and make it something somewhat artistic, right? And that's how I felt about the, the video. I, I felt that I put together a, a work of art, and so it may be different. It may be quirky. It might not tell a story the same way a lot of other pro hunters tell a story, but, but to me, it's exactly what I wanted. To me, I kind of thought like it might be harder to paint that picture without talking but you did a you did an awesome job with all your videography and stuff i mean you just laid out that story so nice everyone who's listening should really check out the video it's pretty sweet yeah we have the opportunity it's bowhunter loco you say it better than i do bowhunter loco don't you know we loco (laughs) (laughs) so um i gotta ask you that 
the, so for people who are listening and not watching, you got to watch the video. What is, where did the, the this eye come? thing, yeah. the two, two fingers with the eye thing. So that is my way. That's my call sign to let my family and friends know that I'm thinking about you and you're watching this and I'm watching this. Like we're, we're here together. I might be out in the woods hours away, miles into the woods, and I'm not going to talk to you for a few days. But when this all comes around and we watch this video together, you'll know that I was thinking about you and you're, you're thinking about me and we're, we're connected, we're together. So that's, that's the bow hunter sign off, bow hunter local sign off, right? It's the two eyes thing, right? I love it. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, thank yeah. you, man. It's a cool story behind it. Thank you, man. What I want you guys to do is check this out again. It's attached to our podcast. It's Charles Thayer is the gentleman. We have bow hunter loco YouTube. You just got to type that in. Um, this was the wild card, but he, uh, stellar, stellar job. Stellar deer, I assume, getting mounted. Oh, yeah. I haven't got yeah. it back yet, but oh, yeah. We got yeah. a spot ready to go. <laughs> and uh, do you do any turkey hunting? Is that oh, like man. the next yeah, so I got, I've tried, and I've got, you know, the one that I shot, he, he ran with an arrow uh, stuck inside of him. He ran away. I never saw him again. So I got kind of frustrated. <laughs> I haven't tried again in a while, but uh, the daughter seems to like it. We've been out there in the blind a few times, and so I think that I'm going to follow her path into turkey hunting. I love it. Troy, you got anything else you want to throw at it? Uh, yeah, one more quick little, uh, like, techie thing. Yeah, please. You're editing stuff. For oh. guys who want to get into this, is there is there some simple, easy things we can get into for people who want to get into it? Yep, so I, I went with Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, the mm -hmm. reason why I went with that, it, it is, it is actually one of the most complicated versions. There's easier, less customizable stuff out there. There's stuff that puts together videos for you. You know, the, the sky's the limit, but with Adobe Premiere Pro, what I loved about it was if I wanted to learn how to do something, there was always somebody online with a video and a tutorial to teach me, oh, I want this fade in or fade out, or I want this special effect, or I need the music to do this or do that. There's always somebody saying, hey, everybody, like and subscribe and blah, blah, blah. Hit the little bell button. And we're, today we're going to learn how to do this to the video. And that's how I put the whole thing. That's how I, I've learned how to do this. So somebody may watch this and be like, wow, this guy must have a background in, in production and editing. No, man, I got a background in type it in and look it up, you know? So that's, that's cool. Thank you, guys. It's very yeah. cool. You guys, you guys are, are the best, man. I really, really appreciate it. Troy, it was a pleasure having you down here, Charles. Phenomenal job. Look, uh, subscribe as we talk about. I know that's a cliche thing that we say. Subscribe, like, ring the bell for notifications. So when you're sitting in a meeting at work, your phone goes off and you know, break time, I'm going to watch a video. Uh, look for more to come. Again, a lot of the equipment that Charles used on that from some of the, some of the stuff we've seen in the tree saddles we carry, also the Matthews bow, the broadheads, the release, a whole plethora of things. Uh, I want to I want to congratulate you or commend you on keeping it natural, like not not fluff, not a bunch of bullshit. Absolutely, so it, it was Thanks, it was man. cool, and the story the same way. Uh, we love revealing that, and and hopefully come December, maybe we can do a podcast before you release your next video yeah, if dude. if things work out for you. Yeah, well, I I think they will. I just want to mention one last thing, guys. Uh, that doing this is extremely rewarding. It's it's an awesome way to get your friends and family involved. It's an awesome way to share what you're actually doing out there. I encourage anybody that has any interest at all in self filming get get out there, give it a shot, see what happens. You never know. You just may draw a wild card. I love it. On behalf of everybody at Archery Country Podcast, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you on down the road.
Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast. 